From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. It's another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by D.L. Evans Bank. This is Community Banking. Brandon Bainey back with Logan Green. Logan, what's up? Not much. Just, uh, you know, wrapping up some stuff, getting ready for a weekend trip to to go to – I'll be going to Oakley uh, this week for a playoff game, so it's always fun. I always like going somewhere. I think it's fun to go. I have never done a game there. I've done Oakley games but never been to Oakley. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going to a new place this weekend. I did that last week. I went to Rockland uh, on Thursday afternoon for a, for an eight man football game. Sure, it was, yeah, it was awesome. What a what a great time I had there. So yeah, it is kind of cool going to some of the the smaller communities in Idaho for the first time. And this is what this prepcast is all about, right? Those smaller communities yeah. in the three A, two A, and one A ranks that we uh, shine the spotlight on. Uh, for example, we'll just dive right into it. Horseshoe Bend. We've talked about yeah. them all volleyball season long. They uh, kept their undefeated record intact as they won the class one AD two state championship in volleyball this past weekend. Very exciting for the, for the Mustangs. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is back to back years that this, oh, this trophy first place goes to somebody here from district three and uh, just some of the best volleyball in the, in the state played here in district three, not just at the one, a two, a and three, a level, I mean, but you look at Skyview is completely dominant at the 5A level. And you got to think that some of these players are playing with those those girls from Skyview as well and different, you know, off-season things or club teams like that. So they're just they're just breeding them strong over here because not only did Horseshoe Bend win it all, but you saw Council take third place. And then, you know, you move up the ladder. And then 2A, you had Melba right there in the state championship. And you move up another level to 3A and you had Parma right there. So all these schools from District 3 were right there in the mix uh, playing in those final matches last weekend during the state volleyball tournaments. Yeah, the club volleyball scene in District 3 is very competitive and and very good at developing players. I do know that. So it was really exciting to see Horseshoe Bend swept Rockland in the championship. Uh, mm-hmm. Rockland defeated Council uh, in the second, third place match. And so Council... Uh, just a real quick note on on their season with first year coach Paula Tucker. They finished with six losses this year, Logan. Five of those six came to Horseshoe Bend, and then the final loss was to Rockland at State. Yeah, that's incredible that they were undefeated against everybody except the state champion, and then the second place team at State. Just, I mean that that's an incredible run right there. And I mean, sometimes you think. Oh, you know, there might have been upsets in a tournament or maybe not everybody got in that we thought. And we kind of talked about that with soccer, that maybe some of the best teams in the state weren't playing on the final weekend. But I think at the 1AD2 level, you got first place was first in Horseshoe Bend. Second place was Rockland. And then you got that third place council team. And, you know, look up. That's how it went, right? With Horseshoe Bend beating everybody in their path and then council everybody except for the top two. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to both Horseshoe Bend and Council. We talked about this Horseshoe Bend team. They're they're young. They've got sophomores and freshmen that are on the team. So mm-hmm. we we could be looking at repeat performances. Don't want to put any pressure on anybody, but I, I think at least we can say Horseshoe Bend is going to be a state player for the next several. Oh years. yeah, yeah. And, and just one quick note on that Council 
uh, run. So if, in that that final match against Rockland, I mean, they won the first set, right? They won it uh, 21-25 or 25-21. And then the second one, they fell 27-25. So they were right there on the verge of taking a 2-0 lead in that match. And man, if they could have won that second set, uh, you know, you never know, like what could it have been different, but you know, you fall in one like that and maybe just ran out of gas. So uh council had a chance to be right there neck and neck with in second place um, would have been interesting to see if they had come away with that second set, if maybe the circumstances would have been different. But like you said, horseshoe bend, I think they're going to be around for a while. Absolutely. And you talked about some of the other teams at the different classification levels that did well at the two way level. Melba did it about the most difficult way you can. They were upset in their very first match at state. They came in as the number two seed overall. They were up seated, uh, upset by seventh seeded West Jefferson. And from there, they fought their way all the way back through the consolation, through all those loser out games Friday and early Saturday morning and came all the way back around to, to get back to the championship, which to me is incredible. Yeah, I mean, you were playing where every game could be your last. And I mean, that is the ultimate uh, tournament right there. You know, the, with you can lose twice and be out, but but they losing that first one, you just have to to fight and scrap your way through. And and sure enough, they did that. So uh, congratulations to them for finishing second. And and what a run! I mean, you lose that first one, and then like we said, uh, it's it's impressive to pl- play with that much pressure every single game knowing that this could be the last one. And then at the 3A level, Saturday morning started with the third and fourth place match where it was two district rivals, Fruitland and Parma. And Fruitland had gotten the better of Parma at districts, but when it counted at state, Parma was able to win and play their way into the championship match. But Sugar Salem so dominant. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered who was playing them, but for Parma, the the runner-up trophy is, is a pretty good consolation. Yeah, and they were able to to take down uh, Kimberly in that match, which was a great competition between uh, them and Kimberly. So congratulations to Parma for coming away with a second-place trophy. So a lot of uh, hardware coming home uh, to District 3 this year. Absolutely. And then uh, last week also was the state cross-country championships at Eagle Island Park. Uh, over in the Treasure Valley, beautiful scenery. I got to uh, take a look at some of the great photo galleries that our IdahoSports.com uh, photographers took. And again, you can see all of those galleries and order pictures on our website, IdahoSports.com. Um, and so East Idaho really tends to dominate cross country for, for whatever reason. I'm, I'm not sure why that is, but especially at the 3A, 2A, 1A levels, typically speaking, East Idaho is really where all the power comes from, but in the one, a ranks this year, we did have a team champion, the Vipers from victory charter. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats to them. And, and just a side note, I've heard people joke, and this is just a, a rumor, not a rumor. I mean, it's true, but why is that? You know, it translates over to cross country. You look at teams over here, right? Our, our elevation is 2,200, 2,500 at most. Uh, but you get over there to Eastern Idaho, you know, you're, you're 5,500 feet in some places and it's, it's, you're doubling the elevation change. So those, you know, everybody over in district five and six, you know, they come down over here to Eagle Island. It's running the airs a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier to run in. They, they have that, uh, they have that advantage. I don't know if that's actually true. That's just what uh, <laughs> somebody was joking with me about with 
when football teams have to go over there, they have to, to acclimate to that. Again, I don't know if that's real. That's just what I heard through the grapevine. Anyways, there it is. Uh, there's a di- there's a difference in elevate. I'm not sure there's enough to swing yeah. anything necessarily, but um, so yeah, Victory Charter wins the 1A boys cross country uh, team title, and they won it pretty convincingly. They finished with 53 points. Rockland took second with 70, and then they also had the individual champ Ian Stockett, who uh, came in as the favorite. He ran a 15.59.2 to win the 1A boys uh, individual title as well. Uh, at the two way level, we kind of talked about it last week, Logan, I told you, if you were going to keep an eye on one runner from the treasure Valley, it was going to be Grady Mylander from Napa Christian at the two way level. Uh, he ran a 1459 earlier this month. And, and according to, uh, Marlo Herford, who, who put together a great recap of mm-hmm. everything that happened at oh, state yeah. for us, uh, she said that that was only the second time on record that somebody in Idaho has run a sub 15 in, in cross country, which is incredible to me. I, I I can run the one K in a sub fifteen, um, <laughs> but he did a you know he he pulls off the five K as a sub fifteen. That's that's extremely impressive. And I mean I I watched the the couple the races we you know we covered two different races on IdahoSports.com. Well, you were there for both of them, uh, but watching them come across the line, it's almost like they they just collapse right after exerting all that effort. And I can't imagine how. Uh, how he felt after that race, completing it in under 15 minutes. I, I know I'd probably just die, like literally be dead. Um, but uh, congratulations to Grady Mylander for that. Like that's extremely impressive. Yes. So, so that, so that sub 15 was that it was at a meet earlier this year. And then at state, he won, he won the individual title. He ran, he only ran a 15, 15. Yeah. Only that, the 15, 15. Right. That's, that is still cooking. I mean, that's incredible. And then yeah. also, Oh, good. No, just, just, it's extremely impressive. It's probably a sport that doesn't get as much um, quote love as, as others, but it takes a lot of athleticism to be able to go that hard for that long um, and finish it. Right. Cause you know, in football, you, you sprint for a couple pl- you for a couple seconds and then you come back to the line, but there you're it's, it is 15, 20 minutes of <laughs> excruciating effort. So they're, they're quite the athletes in cross country. Absolutely. So, so Grady Mylander wins the two a boys individual title and the two a girls individual title went to Cameron Moore from Ambrose representing the archers. Yeah. So great, uh, great showing here um, this year for the district three competitors taking a little bit of the cake uh, from Eastern Idaho. They're, they're taking the frosting on top of the cake. That's right. Uh, there you then go. Those, those teams from the East are taking the rest of the cake. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. All right. Well, so that so that's a wrap up on state volleyball and state cross country. It was an exciting time last week, and it was also, of course, the opening round of the football postseason. And we've got plenty to talk about there. We've got games to recap and and quarterfinal matchups to preview. We will do all of that right after this break. Uh, we'll hear from our sponsors at D. Evans Bank. We'll come back and break down all the football action you need to know from the 3A, 2A, 1A ranks in District 3. We'll be back in just a moment. You're uh, watching slash listening to the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Wherever you are, D. Evans Bank is right there to help. From applying for loans to opening new accounts and signing documents, personalized service is just a video call away. This is Bank Live with D. Evans Bank. This is Community Banking. 
Welcome back to the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Logan Green. All right, let's let's talk some football. Where do you want to start? You want to go three A down to one A? You want to go one A up to three? Uh, yeah, let's let we could we could start with three A. Um, it was actually probably the 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 quietest um, District Three division. Um, I mean, there's really I don't know if there's much to talk about except for what we've got this week because you saw Weezer wind ex- win extremely commandingly over Buell. That one was over at halftime. Um, Sixty-two to twenty, they win that game. Um, and I think that everybody saw that one coming a mile away. Um, no disrespect to Buell at all, but I, Weezer, um, I mean, they're the third place team in the whole conference, in the whole tournament, right? So uh, all these teams got to buy, uh, like Timberlake got to buy, Sugar Salem got to buy, and Marsh Valley got to buy. And Weezer is ranked ahead of them um, by a couple of spots. So um, I think we all kind of expected that. And then McCall Donnelly um, got, uh, got shut out over in Eastern Idaho by snake river 32 to zero. Uh, so that'll do it for the vandals after kind of an improbable run to even sneak into the playoffs after the, just all the, the debacle that uh, was, was the end of fruitland season. Yeah. So I, I was able to talk to some of the coaches from McCall Donnelly uh, prior to the game and uh, just asking them, what's it been like to basically a month ago, think your season was over and then all yeah. of a sudden, you've got this second lease on life. Um, and they said it was great, but at the same time, they were really banged up and kind of running on fumes. So really, the timing wasn't great. So uh, I'm, I'm only saying this because I was at the game on Saturday, right? I, I had the call of the game against Snake River. And for McCall Donnelly, they were missing their two most dynamic athletes, DJ Green and Ethan Tinney. And Without those two, it really hampered what McCall Donnelly was able to do. They basically just like 75, 80% of the time just packed it in tight and ran a wildcat. And basically they would alternate between Carter Johnson and Cole Burtonshaw and uh, Daniel Jackson and just snap it to their running back and plot ahead for three, four yards. And that was kind of their strategy because they just didn't have that those dynamic playmakers that they had earlier on in the season. So it was too bad. Yeah, not not having DJ Green, that's a huge blow uh, to them. And, I mean, that's what – we've seen it around the state right now where players are injured and hurt and teams are just depleted. Um, just you you start to – it's almost like the playoffs, Who who's healthy, right? That That's who you're going to see win, who's got the most um, well-put team together right now and who who's ready to go and not injured. And um, I think you'll see that even more as we go into this round and the next one. Um, but of course, now that sets up this week's games. Uh, District three, we have a couple over here. You know, Weezer, uh, they'll be welcoming Snake River, who took care of McCall Donnelly. Uh, that game at seven o'clock on Friday on IdahoSports.com. Um, so that that should be a good matchup between those two. Um, I, I, I like Weezer there, though. I think Weezer's able to take care of business and, and move on to the next round. Um, and then Homedale. We'll get a date on Saturday with South Fremont. And I feel like those two played last year the same uh, <laughs> on semifinal. a Saturday afternoon yep. um, as well. So I think that was a semifinal matchup between those two. Yep. Um, but but I like Homedale and Weezer to move on here. I, I, I think they're able to do it um, pretty. I, I think they take care of business in a satisfying way. Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're looking at 
as, as again, if you're following along with the video on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, we are putting the brackets up on the screen so you can follow along. Uh, if you're listening to the audio only version of this on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, that's all right. You can go to our website, IdahoSports.com. We've got all these brackets on the homepage and you can follow along as we're breaking these down. Homedale, the number one seed overall. Weezer, the number three seed. They reseed the eight quarterfinal teams. And I agree, Logan. I don't think there's much drama with either of these matchups. Snake River is a, is a good team, but Weezer is a great team. Yes. South Fremont is an inconsistent team. Homedale is a very consistent, very excellent, very well coached team. So yeah, yeah, I I just don't I, I think and and what this will potentially set up. Um, I know we don't want to talk. We'll, we'll talk next week if it occurs, but you could see Homedale with their arch nemesis and Sugar Salem, but it could be at home, and is that what the Trojans need to get over that hump? Finally to be able to get past Sugar Salem. I mean, they have been on the verge for years, and it's just been heartbreak after heartbreak. And so I, I know they're going to be focused on this week, but you can't help but look forward and see what could potentially be next week in that you could see Honedale getting Sugar Salem not in the state championship game. Um, but I, I, I really think that they play pretty well this week against South Fremont um, and are able to take care of business against the Cougars. Yep, I completely agree that that uh, Sugar Salem Marsh Valley game four versus five is a rematch from earlier this year, and I don't know, I I could go either way with that game. I guess I'll lean Sugar slightly. Yeah, but I think to me that's the only game that's close. I think Gooding wins pretty yeah. easily. I think Weezer South Fremont or uh, Weezer and and Homedale all advance. So yeah, three A three A is uh, light on drama. Yeah, I think the semifinal round is going to be one of the best. You're going to have you could potentially have that Sugar Salem, Homedale, and then Gooding and Weezer, which any of those matchups I feel like could be a a state that that Gooding Weezer game that is that is tough that it has to occur there. But there there there's four there's three very good teams this year in three A, so they were going to have to meet yeah at some point before the championship. So that will be a fun one. And and I like that now that we're seeding the teams, we get these matchups in the semifinals, not yep. in, in the quarterfinals. In the like first three. round. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Right. All right. The 2A ranks, uh, Melba actually had a kind of a tough time with uh, West Jefferson, which surprised me a little bit. Melba did escape. 18 to 12, the final score. Really, they they relied on their defense in this game, Logan, where uh, their secondary came up with uh, three interceptions, and then Cash Buis uh, at quarterback um, delivered a couple of touchdown passes. Dylan Stosich had a nice day out of wide receiver for Melba as well. Yeah, and of course, you know, Melba has has played some tough games earlier in the season. Um, and they actually have already played North Fremont. Um, and that was a tight game. It was a 10-point game, uh, but that was in Melba. So now Melba has to make the trip over to Ashton this time uh, to play North Fremont. So um, they know that they can hang around with the Huskies and potentially pull off an upset. But the question is, is are, you know, like you said, they, they struggled with West Jefferson, which we thought maybe would have been more, more Melba in favor of that. But but Melba put up or West Jefferson played great. I mean, when you look at it in the seating, that was the eight, nine game. So I, is that what we were supposed to see? 
Um, but I'm interested to see how Melba will show up um, at West Jeff or at uh, North Fremont. <laughs> That's a long drive to go over there. And I, that game is going to be on IdahoSports.com. So I won't want to miss that one on there. Um, but it should be interesting to see how they, they square up with them. Yeah. Uh, m- most of the games that we're talking about are going to be on IdahoSports.com. But just to be sure, check the game streams tab on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. I think. I think we're hitting about 80, 85% of the games total across the state this weekend. So only a couple that we're not able to do because we just can't be in so many places. (laughs) Two places at once. Right. (laughs) Uh, Using your favorite principle, the transitive property, Logan. uh, Yes. Melba barely beat West Jefferson. North Fremont dominated West Jefferson. I don't know that that means anything necessarily into this rematch, but I don't know. Yeah, and and you know sometimes it's all based on matchups, but you look at that early game and it was it was close, forty eight to thirty eight was what the score of that game was, and and you know early on the team it's hard to judge a team week two versus what they are now because they are not the same team, um, for better or for worse they're not the same team. Uh, so what have you done for me lately? And that was a tough game, and and you you never know if how teams play the first round. Maybe they. They don't. They don't show their full deck of cards, right? They they don't want to to lay it all out on the table. They want to save some stuff for the next round. Um, I think they'll be ready to go. I think Melba. If you're looking for an upset um, at this level, that that you could potentially see that being the upset. I don't think um, the one eight game is <laughs> that there's going to be an upset there. Uh, that's Westside and Grangeville. I think I think Westside takes care of business. The back to back state champs there who haven't lost a game in like years. Um, I don't think they've lost a game this decade. Um, well, it's, I, I believe incredible. it's 20, I think it's 28 game winning streak right now. Best in the state. The last time they lost was uh, September of 2019 and they lost seven to six to snake river. That's it. And it's a three, a school that they lost to right. by one point. <laughs> like I, I think, uh, I think this group of seniors at Westside, starting with their freshman year, I think they've lost twice. Man, all the way up to up to their senior year now. So it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think if you look at it, if you look at that um two A bracket, you see um, I mean, Nampa Christian, they have a they have a tough game too. Uh, they have to go to Bear Lake. But I you know what? I, I think that there's a good chance you see Nampa Christian uh sneak away with the win there. I think they they've been playing well lately. Um they they've they went on the road. Um and beat people early in the season. Like they, they went and beat Declo. And I think that's a, that was a huge win. And honestly, you look at the rankings and they're fifth uh, versus Declo that's sixth. And you got to think that um, winning that game is why Napa Christian is, is ranked a little bit higher and, and they get, they get uh, a quote better spot. And I think you take Bear Lake over Firth. Firth is on fire as well, but um, I think it's like something like, Nine of the last ten state champions and in two A have been Westside or Declo. It's it's been one it's been one of those two and and you never you just got to be careful. Uh, Declo just sneaking, waiting and you know, on the side. Not many people are talking about them, and that's enough. That's a team I would look out for because just because they've been there. Uh, but Nampa Christian has shown that they could beat them, so I don't see why they couldn't go and beat Bear Lake um, and then earn a, a game against um, Westside next week. 
Yeah. So if we look at the bracket here, you mentioned Melba, the number seven seed, taking on second seeded North Fremont. I think whoever gets out to an early lead in that game, because both teams like to run the ball. So, so yeah. if what if a side if, if Melba gets up by two scores early or North Fremont gets up by two scores, I think it'll uh, whichever team can get the lead early will have the advantage there. Number five, Napa Christian going to number four, Bear Lake. I'm with you. I like Napa Christian in this game. Bear yep. Lake. I watched their film from last week. I wasn't blown away by what I saw. They beat Cole Valley Christian in their first round matchup. 14 to three was all uh, Cole Valley got the first field goal. They led three, nothing uh, Bear Lake scored right before halftime and then got a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to put it away. But I thought Cole Valley competed. Well, I actually picked Cole Valley to win that game and they almost did. I just don't think I think Bear Lake's max preps ranking has been inflated a little bit. And I like Napa Christian, even though yeah. it's on the road and to to Montpelier, which is a really far. It's like pretty much Utah. Uh, that's a long yeah, trip, right. But I like them. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Napa Christian comes away with a win on the road there. And, and, and I've been I'm obviously I picked them to win uh, the conference. I've been pretty high on them. And I, I think that, like you said, I think they'll take care of business this weekend and uh, get a, a crack at the state champions in the semifinal. Yep. I, I like uh, Nampa Christian to advance there. And, and Melba, you know, I'll give a 50-50 shot to in their matchup with North Fremont. Uh, 1A D1 bracket. Uh, we had nobody playing in the first round because Notice was the only team that uh, got in, and they got the first round by for winning their district. Uh, when they got reseeded, they got the number six seed overall. They will travel to Arco. Well, they'll travel to Holt Arena to play the Arco-based Butte County Pirates, the number three seed overall. Butte County is a team that I've been pretty high on this year, Logan. This is a tough matchup for notice, but this is their chance to prove that, hey, we can play competitive football yep. in District 3, right? District 3 at the eight-man level is kind of an afterthought. Yeah, and, and that's – I mean, we saw Wilder get snuffed out, who had only lost to – two undefeated schools and notice that that's who they lost to and they didn't get in and they beat everybody else in front of them. And so notice, I think they're, I think they've got a good chance to hang with Butte County. I think, like you said, I, I saw Butte County play earlier this year. They're, they're big and and they're just strong. They're tough. Um, nobody's going to come in and push them around. And I think a team that does is a team that, that can beat them. Of course, you know, they, they hung with Raft river for a long time when those two played earlier in the year and, and, and I look at it and say, notice they have a, a tall task in front of them. I think the top four teams in 1AD1 might be the best core group of four in, in, in any level. You have Raft River, Oakley, Butte County, and Prairie. Those four are, they're just, they're tough. And I, I, you know, I saw a comment somewhere saying, uh, how, how does Prairie get in that spot and they earn a trip to Raft River? in the semifinals. And it's like, well, where else do you want them to go? Oakley or Butte County? Like, <laughs> you know, they're, 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 it doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't matter. It didn't yeah. matter. Those four, I think are just so tough that they were all going to have to play each other at some point. And this is one where I think this, the, the max prep rankings, I think they've got it right, right here. They, they have, this is, this is the way we should have seen it. Really the only, buddy, the only team, you know, you look down the rankings, um, Genesee, Murtaugh, that, that's kind of a, a toss-up there. But you, you look and um, Oakley wins, Lapway wins. And Potlatch was the only real true, I, I would say, quote, upset in that. Um, 
but I think that the seedings are right in this one. And I think everybody is, is where they should be uh, in this one. But notice if they want to win that game, I think they got to come out and they got to be, they have to be tough and they have to, they have to be big and they're a big team and they can do that. They have a big line. Um, and, and I think that they can do it. They just got to be able to do it all game long because eventually I think that's where the difference could come is at what point is Butte County, are they going to wear you out? They're just so big and they keep it on the ground so well um, that, that notice is going to have to come out and, and they're going to have to score and, sc- and they're, they're going to have to score quickly. I think um, because keeping it on the ground, I think they're going to have to go through the air. I think that's what I l- would like to see notice do to be able to win that game. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Logan, but Butte County's got some pretty good depth as well, right? Yeah, well, I mean, when we were there a couple of weeks ago for their game against Dietrich, uh, they had they had a huge sideline full of full yeah. of pirates over there, um, and they could just swap people in and out, and um, it was it was no big deal. They they've always been like that, having a big um, big team like that. And they've got a great supporting fan base as well, um, and it should be fun for both teams to get that chance to play in Holt Arena. I'm sure that would be a a fun environment and I don't know the last time Holt or um, notice has been over there. Probably uh, not a very common thing. The Eastern Idaho teams get it all the time, but, but folks over here in district three, it's not super common to be able to play those games in Holt. Yeah. It'll be a fun experience regardless for notice. And yeah, kind of like we were talking about with Melba, if they can get out to an early lead, then maybe they'll be all right, but a tough matchup to be sure. Let's uh, finish up here with the one AD two ranks where we saw uh, council have to travel. Now, see, this is what I, this is what I don't like about this bracket. It's all predetermined bracketing council as a second place finisher in their district had to travel to Dietrich, which took third in their, in their district. I don't like that. I, I understand that Dietrich was the better team, but I think something needs to be said for a second place team versus a third place team. I think at the very least council should have hosted that game. Now, does that change the outcome of the game? I don't think so. Not necessarily. Yeah. I think Dietrich is really finding their stride as they won 60 to 38. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Dietrich um, looks really good. I saw them two weeks ago when they played against Kerry, and they threw an interception inside the five yard line with less than a minute to go. That shouldn't have been thrown. I know that um, Cody Power would love to have that pass back and just have run it out of bounds instead. Um, he he kind of threw it into some traffic, and I think that they know that they are gelling at the right time. Really, it's been they have a, a completely different team um, since they had a they had a tough game against Castleford, which they lost early on, and then a tough game against Butte County. Um, and I saw them there, and I I was like, this is not the Dietrich team from last year that. I'm used to seeing, but then when they played carry, it was like night and day difference. And I think they're finally gelling as a team and and they're one to watch out. But I mean, you look up there at the top and, and horseshoe Bend just quietly uh, with a bye, of course, and they, they're going to go on the road. They won't play a true road game. They'll be playing at Lewiston on Friday night. Um, again, horseshoe Bend fans and other district three fans, I, that one, again, like Brandon said, check the game streams page, but, uh, right now, it's one we plan to be there for um, with the video broadcast of that Horseshoe Bend game. Um, and I think they have a good chance uh, to do well against Kendrick. I think you're undefeated. Uh, you've played a tough schedule. Um, I, You know, I, I like Horseshoe Bend. I think that they can come away with the win. I think 
the, the way their offense runs, that they're, they're going to grind it out and they play tough defense. And I think they can go in there and kind of, you know, proverbially punch Kendrick in the mouth um, and just, and just show them that they're tough and they can do it on the ground and, and that they're ready to win. And, um, you know, that, that would get them a home game in the next round uh, to get the winner of Castle Ford and Rockland. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you've got two district champions having to play each other in the quarterfinal round with Kendrick and Horseshoe Bend. And then yeah. you have the same exact thing happening down below with Kerry and Mullen St. Regis. That's two conference <laughs> champions. By the and, time we're done with the quarterfinals, Logan, there's only going to be two district champions left. Well, and what's crazy is you look at this bracket, right? So like you said, there's two two games. Two of the four games are between district champs. The other two are between a second place and second place team, and then a third place and fourth place team. So it's like, man, that is that's an interesting setup that 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 we have here. Um, and and look at District Four. Uh, suddenly, with they have uh, they they have four teams left in it right now. By the weekend, they could potentially have three of the four quarterfinalists or semifinalists, excuse me. And, uh, you know, if Castle Ford can make a run, there's there's a good shot that we see another district, all district four state championship at the 182 level. But I really think Horseshoe Bend has a chance, I, I really do, to make some noise um, and, and take out Kendrick. And I like them if they're able to get a home game um, against. We, we saw them beat Water Springs pretty handily, just like Castle Ford did. And so, you know, Look at transitive property, right? I I think that they have a chance um, to make a run to the state championship game. Really do. Yeah, I think if they get over this hurdle, it gets yeah. a little easier actually, just because of the travel yeah. involved, right? Yeah, so. you're gonna make you're gonna make a team either Castle Ford or Rockland come a couple of hours to to play at Horseshoe Bend. So you gotta like that. Yep. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, all of these games uh, unfold and develop. And again, to see a complete list of the games we're going to be covering, both audio and video, just go to the game streams uh, tab on the IdahoSports.com homepage across the top. And uh, that'll take you right to our game streams page where you can uh, see all of the games we plan on broadcasting. Well, Logan, it's going to be, I can't believe it, but high school football season is almost over. We're going to be talking about semifinal matchups next week. I know it's crazy. I mean, we're going to have, we have basketball games in a month in, in less than a month. Cause I think I did my first basketball game last year, two days before Thanksgiving, like, or, or maybe it was right after Thanksgiving. I think it was right after Thanksgiving. Uh, it just, crazy that uh, we're ready to jump right back into that but we've got a lot of good football left to play yeah girls basketball the first games of the year are the 13th and 14th that's next friday and saturday so i have been uh i've been putting in basketball schedules like a madman on the, on the website just cranking them out brandon nice job <laughs> yeah i'm trying to so uh if you don't see your favorite team yet just keep checking back i, I can only do so many in a day but uh <laughs> we'll, we'll have them all by the time this, the season starts so right. uh, yeah basketball see girls basketball season starting up very soon well uh that'll do it for this edition of the treasure valley Prepcast. uh oh i forgot to ask we usually hand out three stars logan yeah i mean you're gonna i'm gonna go teams here i mean we're gonna well not all teams we're gonna give one of course to the horseshoe bend volleyball team they're state champs they have to get one right i mean winning that state championship and coming away with it bringing it home to district three we got to give one to them so congratulations 
uh, to them. And then also want to give one to the 1A D2 boys state champs, the Victory Charter Vipers, uh, give one to them. Um, and then, of course, Grady Mylander, he gets the third one, winning it at the 2A level for Nampa Christian. So Horseshoe Bend Volleyball, Victory Charter, Cross Country, and Grady Mylander, the uh, runner for Nampa Christian. Awesome. Those are all very worthy three-star awards. Uh, this is kind of like the helmet stickers uh, you would get in college right. football. We recognize great accomplishments by both individuals as well as teams. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Treasure Valley PrepCast brought to you by DL Evans Bank. This is Community Banking. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here next week on IdahoSports.com.